Coming up on episode 322 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Chevy Trax, the Subaru Crosstrek, Ford Maverick Tremor, the Ghost Cycle, and a whole bunch of stuff from the Japan Mobility Show, including the Mazda Iconic SP concept, the Infinity Vision QE concept, driving the Nissan Sakura EV, and, and the X-Trail e-Power, and more. All that coming up next. <laughs> This is episode 322 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abul Salmon from Guidehouse Insights, and I'm back I, from Asia. Oh, sorry. I thought you normally stop <laughs> after Guidehouse Insights. I cut you off. Um, and back from Asia, yes. Welcome back, Sam. We missed you last week. Oh, you guys did a great job without me. You don't need uh, me. No, we totally do. There was no engineering man on hand for all my <laughs> engineering questions. It was horrible not having you here. Um, and I am Nicole Wakelam from The Road Reflected. And I am Roberto Baldwin from uh, SAE International. And uh, shall we start with Nicole? Sure. And I have no so. idea what you're going to talk call. about because you haven't call. filled in the, the I rundown. I did. It's I there. Nothing. Nope. There's a blank. Obvious. Oh, there, oh, there it, is. it is. I just had to, I'm like, to click somewhere. I'm like, it's there. Okay. I'm like, wait, did I put now, it on the wrong link? I see link? it. Okay. See, now you know what I'm going to talk about. Okay. okay. So first, what I'm going to talk about is the uh, 2023 Ford Maverick Tremor XLT. So I have the Maverick, which is, it's kind of neat because it's, it's the smallest of the Ford trucks. Cause they have, you know, lots of trucks cause it's Ford, but there's the Ranger, which is like, I, I think of it as most compact truck sizes, like the Tacoma or the frontier or those guys. But the Maverick's like a little bit more compact as a little bit less. It's like the lesser truck, it's a little smaller in dimensions, a little smaller and everything, and it's way cheaper. So I looked at the base price for the 24. There is a almost a $10,000 difference between the base price of a Maverick and the base price of a Ranger. So if you want a little compact pickup truck and you're like, I can't afford that, well, now you've got something you can afford. So it's very much the truck for people who want little cap like little truck capability, but don't necessarily have a huge budget. It's like, it's, and I feel like it's kind of stands alone in that regard. There aren't, there aren't affordable options that can do what the Maverick can do in its size. And it's a pretty capable truck. You know, the, the Tremor is the offer. They had the Tremor package for other models in the Ford lineup. So this adds it to the Ranger. It was, I mean, the Maverick, it was new for 23. They didn't do it the introductory year, but it's there for 23 and it's there for the 24. Um, and that gives it a little bit more capability in terms of off-roading. Like you get um, a locking rear diff and five drive modes. There's trail control, which is that, you know, manages your throttle and your brakes. So you can just steer if you're in, in conditions where a little bit like have to focus just on steering off-road, which is kind of nice. It has a lift. It's got like in mechanical upgrades, like springs and dampers. So basically it's the off-road trim that was missing for the first year. Of the Maverick, which is kind of nice that they did that. And then for 24, it's weird. I'm driving a 23, but you can only get 24s. I think the 23s are completely gone. They're gone. Yeah, they finished building those. And yeah, so it's kind of weird. So I have a 23 in my driveway, but I'm like, yeah, this isn't quite what it's going to be. So for 24, they change things up. There's a there's a like a graphics package that I think is now standard. It puts like little tremor graphics on the on the hood that look pretty cool. Um, and they flip flop the the engines are the same, but what's standard and what's optional change it was at the standard hybrid with an available gas engine now it's a standard gas engine with an available hybrid they flip-flop things for 24. well Just, they, they found they found that the hybrid was so 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 popular 
mm-hmm. way pop, way more popular than they expected because it's I think over fifty percent of sales were the hybrid. That they decided, well, we need to take advantage of this, and so instead of making the the hybrid fifteen hundred dollars cheaper than the gas engine, we'll make it fifteen hundred dollars more expensive than the gas exactly. engine. Exactly. So if you want the hybrid, you're gonna have to pay a premium for it. Um, because bean counters figure that out. Go bean counters, go. But boo for the average human who now has to pay more if you want to get the hybrid. And I think there's still, from what I understand with the Maverick, it's still like impossible to get your hands on one. They're still really in short supply. I know some people who ordered them that are like just now getting them, and they ordered months ago. So, hey, so uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. No, um, go ahead. So I'm I'm building a Maverick because that's the thing I like to do when I'm bored. Yes. Um And I built an XL and I threw the hybrid engine. It doesn't say anything. It doesn't have an extra cost on it now. Oh, really? This is a 2024. Uh, this is in the Ford's configure configure. Uh, oh, which configurator. that doesn't which, seem like uh, at all. XL. Which this is the XL. Oh, the XL. Yeah. See, when I when I did that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I've, I've got it open it. here. It shows the the base price for the XL with the two liter EcoBoost at twenty three four, and when I click on hybrid, it goes to twenty four nine. See, what, what does it do? Why okay, it, well, okay. I'm, you guys try and build. All I'm right. gonna try and build as I'm talking too, but um, <laughs> so I'm gonna build and talk. Let's see how how well I can multitask. So I like the Maverick. I think it's a good option for people who want a more affordable truck, and I also think it's nice because. You know, you have so many options when it comes to crossovers and it comes to SUVs and even sedans, where if you want something cheap that still does the job, that has room for people, that has room for cargo, you have a million different options. You just don't have that with trucks. You have these full-size trucks that are stupidly expensive, even in their base trims, and they're big. When you want something smaller, and a lot of people, like, a little truck is what you need. You just want to carry a little bit of mulch. You just want to do a little bit of cargo. You just want a little bit of off-road. When you don't need that and you want that like over the top capability. And you also want to be able to fit into a spot at the parking lot without having to consider carefully whether the guys next to you on either side have parked exceptionally, exceptionally close to the little yellow line. You're like, well, now I won't be able to get on my car. Like it's so much more manageable to have these. So I am a fan of the Maverick and because it starts like it starts at 23. Now it looks like 23. Like you don't, I had the XLT, which is, I think, the middle one because there's a Lariat and the Lariat's higher. I have the Tremor package, so I get funky stuff inside. Like there's all these orange accents everywhere, including like embossed stuff on the seat. So it looks a little fancier, like all the little, the badging makes it look a little upgraded, but it's still not a super expensive truck and it still doesn't feel like premium. I don't think you can really get a Maverick that's going to make you say like, wow, this is a nice truck inside, but you're also not paying the price you're paying for the wild trucks. Um, and it's easier to drive around than the great big trucks. So I'm a fan of the Maverick. I think it's great. Um, the Tremor does lose, uh, it tows up to 2000 pounds. I think it's a 200 pound decrease from other trims in the lineup. So it tows slightly less if towing is a huge priority for you. Payload of 1200 pounds. Um, it's got all these cool orange accents on the outside because apparently now orange or bronze, depending on who you like to speak to and what you want to call your color for your marketing department. Looks orange to me. It's orange is like, well, but some of them have ones that they like uh, some of them are like, this looks orange. This looks orange to me. It's actually a bronzed amber or something. I'm like, okay, fine. It's orange. It's like the color of off road, right? It's like, right? I'm like, you can call it whatever you want. It's orange, but it's like the off road color. Like you, you put orange on it. Suddenly poof, you're an off road trim of your vehicle. Everybody does it. Honda, the trail sport has orange. Subaru, the wilderness has orange. Like everybody puts orange on everything. 
Um, and it's, I guess they're all ready for Halloween too, right? Because we're, we're seasonally yeah. appropriate with the orange accents on everything. So I do like the Maverick. I think it does the job. It's hard, to, like, it's hard to get because supply has kind of been sparse on the Maverick. Um, so, you know, if you want it, speak now and hopefully have it eventually, unless you just want to take whatever they got on your local dealer lot. And you can't get the 23. I would have the 23. You can't get the 23. For 24, though, it's really just they, you know, they've changed up what's standard and available for the engine, but it's the same engine. They just flip-flop which is standard and which is optional, um, and they changed up little things. So there's no significant difference between 23 and 24. It's not like, oh, God, I can't get what I wanted. You can still get what you wanted to my slightly different configuration. You'll be just fine. So I like, I'm a fan of the Maverick. Do you guys like the Maverick? You both drew Yeah, it, right? oh, yeah. I, I oh, love yeah. the Maverick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Maverick, yeah, as and, I'm concerned. And and as you said, you know, I I would never recommend the Lariat, you know, but the same and the same is true for the for the Ranger, mm -hmm. you know, if if you're going to buy one of these, you buy an XL or an XLT, and really, you know, the the X, if if you don't want the slightly off rotorish capability of the Tremor, the XL is that is the sweet spot with the steel yeah. wheels, yeah, um, yeah, and like I said, you know, there's I think four or five of them in my neighborhood right now, including my next door neighbor. You know, they have they 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 got one of the very early XL hybrids with the steel wheels and everything. And it's a great size. Um, you know, it can haul, you know, the all the mulch that most people need in a single load. All the uh, mulch. All of it. <laughs> and, and and as you said, you know, you get in, it doesn't feel expensive, it doesn't feel premium, but you know, for the price you're paying. It feels good. You know, there's nice right. texturing. It's hard plastic, but it's nicely textured. Right. Um, there's a lot of cool features, you know, with the way they've got the cutouts and the the, the armrests and the doors. Oh, yeah. so you and can the put doors. Big you bottles. Can put a giant bottle of water. Like, you know, those giant yeah. bottles of water. Like, you need to drink this over the course of the day. You can practically jam one of those in the doors because of the way they've done the cutout so that, it, that it'll fit big door, uh, big water bottles. So that's actually kind of cool. By the way, I'm building this. On the Lariat, it does not change pricing between engines. But if you're building the XL or the XLT, uh, okay. then it yeah, changes prices. I just went yeah, through it. Yeah, it changes like, price. So right. for the XL, there's $1,500. For the XLT, it's $1,500. For the Lariat, there is not a premium, at least according to the 2024 build. See, on, on mine, price. it actually shows a lower price for the hybrid because it shows the price at $34,855. For the gas lariat and thirty four one thirty five, but I'm guessing if I look carefully here, uh, yeah, the lariat, the gas lariat comes standard with all wheel drive, and yeah. you don't get all wheel, you can't get all wheel drive with the hybrid, which is the one downside on the Maverick. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, because you know, the, I mean, this is built on the same platform as the Escape and the Bronco Sport, and you can get the Escape hybrid with all-wheel drive but you mm -hmm. cannot get it on the lair on the the maverick for reasons for reasons <laughs> again as marketing people they have reasons nobody yeah. really follows them but i'm sure they, there's reasons right yeah. so yeah. so that that's the one exception but on the xl and xlt you will pay extra for the hybrid yeah. yes yeah. so um yeah i think the maverick's great so i'm i'm pro yeah. maverick and i love it that the picture they have here when i went at looking at the xl it is little steel wheels there's something fabulous about like stealing oh, yeah. the vehicle. It's like they're like, oh, especially on a truck. 
Right? On a truck, you're like, I don't need your fancy. Just give me steel wheels and set me out there and I'm good to go. I think it's, I love how this looks. <laughs> we get it with the steel wheels. I love how those look. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's, it's a great vehicle. And, so, you know, even, even at the increased price, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they've increased the price several times since it launched, even at the, the higher price now, it's still a very good value. Yeah, it's higher than it was, but it's still great of value. Like it's it's not one of those where suddenly they've priced it to a point where you're like, well, now, now it doesn't make sense. Now it's not the value it was. Now it's not the, no, it's still, it's just a little bit more expensive, but still a value compared to things like the Ranger that you could get. And even with it, you know, it's its own little animal. And, and my neighbors actually have this tiny little trailer that they found. Do they that, really? That, yeah, you know, to, that they can camp in. It, yeah. I mean, it's like a crazy small trailer. But it's enough. It's big enough that you know, like the two of them can can sleep in there. Can it, basically, it's like a a pop up tent on wheels. Yeah, that's all you need, <laughs> yeah. right? If that's all you're looking for, then you're good. Yeah. So the other thing I had this week, this is the first time I've ever ridden one of these. Period. The end. I had a go cycle, which is an electric bike. You guys, I've never. I rode an electric bike for two point five seconds at like an auto show when they had them. You know, they have the area mm-hmm. with the electric scooters and stuff. Like, do you want to ride this? I'm like, sure. And I rode it like around inside the little convention center and the two little thing. That's it. But then they reached out and said, do you want it? Do you want to actually drive, like have one for a little while? Like to, to play around with it. I have a go cycle in my garage right now. And I am not a huge bike person. Like I haven't done tons of biking, but I love riding bikes. It's just one of those things. I don't know. Somehow I don't have the time for it. But now that I have this, I'm like, well, we're going to make some time for it. I'm going to play around with this little toy. So yesterday was, I'm going to call it as the last decent fall day that we will have and the last decent day that we will have in New England until spring because it got up to almost 80 degrees. <laughs> Today's last. high is 52. Decent day. So this is it. Yesterday was like, embrace it now. Say goodbye. You're not going to see this kind of sun and warmth for a good six months. So everybody was out, like the entire town, everybody was outside. The entire state was outside. The entire state was outside yesterday. So there's this beautiful park down the street for me that has a combination of uh, like dirt trails, like not loose dirt, like packed dirt trails with like knobby roots in the way. And then um, some paved trails. And if you go far enough on this, you can actually go all the way through the park out the other side and you come out by this fantastic coffee shop in downtown Nashua. So you can go all that distance, but it's like about three miles. So if you walk it and there's some hills, it's a good walk. Like you're, you're committed to a six hour walk for the day. And if you're biking it, there's some serious uphills and serious downhills. So depending on your endurance and how you feel about that coming back part of things, you've got a six mile bike ride, you know, all told, and it can be a lot. So I'm like, let's, let's do this. Let's go there. Let's, let's see what this is like. It was so fun. I, I, I know they're supposed to make this. The, the idea is that it's supposed to be the commuter bicycle, the urban e-bike, so you can use it in the city. And they like, you know, I get that that's it. But this thing was fabulous, not in the city. We're not the city. We're in the middle of nowhere in New Hampshire. It was so nice because we, so we get all the way out there and we've got this three mile trek back and it's very hot and like, we've been used to 50 and now suddenly it's almost 80 and it seemed like a great idea. And I'm like, well, now I'm hot. Now it's hot. I don't want to do this, but now I have my fancy little e-bike with the electric little electric motor buzzing along. It was so much fun to ride and it's so easy 
like you can adjust it so that you can have it automatically do everything like it and it's all based on torque you can set it really low so it takes very little effort on your part for the electric motor to kick in and be like oh you want some help or you can just it higher if you're feeling like iron man triathlon and then it doesn't kick in unless you were really working it like up a really big hill and then of course on the fly you can just like i want the electric motor now and you twist this little thing and boom you have your electric motor it was so easy to drive. It was so much fun. And then they there's like lights on the handlebars that tell you things like there's daytime running lights on your bike. <laughs> I love I love that they're actually called, called daytime running lights. I'm like, is that official? I just light. Isn't it just a light on a bicycle? But anyway, <laughs> DRLs on your bike. And it shows you because you can have it like high or low, and then you can have it blink. So it can be high and it can pulse, or it can be low and it can pulse. So I think the idea is for people to see you, although I didn't drive it at night. I guess you could drive it at night and then you'd have a certain amount of light, but it's on your handlebars. It's not like it's pointing at the ground. So I think it's more for people to see that you're coming. Um, it shows you what gears you're in because there's like three gears. It shows you how fast you're going in little red pips. It's all little red pips. It's all makes me think of like, like um, all I could think of was the, the old video games like Pong where it's like four dots, like it's just all dots. <laughs> It's all dots to tell you. You have to just understand dots, which sounds like it's lame, but it's actually just really simple. You're like, oh, those are my daytime running light dots. Those are my gear indicator dots. These are my my speed indicator dots. But you can, it has these little rubber straps that come with it, that like wrap over that, and you can put your phone right in there. And I was a little bit nervous about it because there's an app. I'm like, yeah, but how securely does it hold your phone? And the woman said, no, 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 I was nervous about that too. But I've used mine. I've had no problems on it. It it really does hold it. And we went bouncing around this whole six mile track through trails up and down and it didn't budge. So it actually holds it really snugly in place. Uh, and then your app gives you like, that's where it's like it, the sweet. It's kind of like, you know, you have an app for your car. You can do everything in the car, but then you want to like have an EV and you want to adjust your charging times and do this and do preconditioning and set all these different things. And you have all these like, you know, Nissan connect or whatever. So you can do extra stuff it's easy. You can manage from wherever this lets you do all sorts of extra stuff. It gives you a lot more control over your drive experience. Is it still a drive ride? Your ride experience. I'm so used to saying car terms. I'm like, drive isn't the right thing. Your ride <laughs> experience. Um, so I really enjoy driving it and riding in it, biking it. I'm saying drive. I'm driving a bike. I'm going to say <laughs> drive and no one can stop me. I, I really enjoyed it. And here's the thing. So I thought, wasn't sure because the wheels are, like thin, like if you do a lot of biking, like my husband bikes a lot and he has wheels on his bike that are really fat, knobby tires. Mm -hmm. So when you're in the dirt and on like little roots and stuff, you know, these actually did okay on packed dirt. Like, I feel like I would want to upgrade the tires if I was keeping, which I technically it's now you're going to change, you know, it would be like, like an EV. yeah, it's like an EV. You, you get tires that aren't as low rolling resistance or whatever. Suddenly you're range isn't going to be as good, but I kind of wish I had tires that were just a little knobbier for like people who live in not urban environments. Um, but it was so cool. And the pricing on this, all right, I didn't know how much e-bikes cost. They can be kind of expensive. Mm -hmm. So this one, the base price on the, cause there's like a uh, three different trims. The lowest trim is like $3,500. The most expensive one is $7,000. Yeah. That's not cheap. No, it's well, there, not. There are there are cheaper. Uh, e there are a lot more cheaper. Yeah, e like the, the Go Cycle though. That um, I I reviewed a bunch of folding e bikes. Yeah, and the Go Cycle is the best one. 
See, that's just because the thing. It's, it's light. It actually folds and it's, you can, you can use it like every, all the other, like, well, not all, but yeah. 90% of the other foldable e-bikes are for home storage. So you have yeah. the 70 pound bike and you don't have somewhere to put it. So when you get home, right. you fold it up and it takes up less space. And, right. Um, whereas the go cycle is definitely like something you can take, uh, you know, on your, your, your daily commute, if you're taking the train or you have a bus or, or whatever. Well, that's the thing. It's it was super light. quick, like to click the buttons to like, to, com- to make it like morph, do its transformers thing and get small. It wasn't like you needed to really do it. And you don't need any mechanical equipment to do it. You don't need like screws or wrenches or whatever. Just like click, 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 push, push. There's even like a little rubber strap that you clip onto like from one part to the other to make sure that it stays nice and tight. And you can sort of tip it back onto the wheels once you have it folded down into a little square compact shape. So if you wanted to like you say you were someplace and you wanted to be able to roll it along with you, like you don't have to literally haul it and, you know, have it in your arms as you're walking onto a subway or something. You could tip it up, roll it on and put it back on the ground. Like it's, it's, I feel like it's nicely designed to be able to be portable and it does get pretty small. I think some, some get smaller, Robbie, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think this is like. Typically smaller ones, it'll get smaller, but the sort of the the big full size ones are still pretty big and they're still really heavy. And some of the smaller ones, I feel, I don't feel nearly as, because I'm a big guy. So I was riding these really small e-bikes around and uh, like one of them, I was like, I don't even, I don't feel comfortable riding this in my really? neighborhood just because I have big hills and there are bumps yep. and, you know, there's, you know, I live in a, I live in California, there's hills and bumps and just stuff everywhere. Um, and so, yeah, so the, like, one of them, I was like, I don't feel great, like riding this thing. <laughs> and I still have to do my, like, you know, like, like my 30 mile or 25 mile, like circuit with it I'm yeah like, i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm gonna die <laughs> well, they, the, the, sake of a the go cycles because it has the larger wheels you know you have you have, you have more uh, stability you know the larger the wheels you are when you're riding a, a bike and so no those these go it's a it's a great it's a great bike if you a have the money and b need something for for commuting and i thought yeah. like I, I was thinking here i was thought okay so i'm not commuting with it but we go on those trails like back and forth all the time and it was kind of fun to be able to think like Okay, if you go and it is like you're just tired, you just need a break, mm-hmm. you can kick in that little motor and it's now you can it encourages you to go further than you would have because you know you're not sort of stuck having to do that whole long distance on the way yeah. back. If, if the weather gets super hot and suddenly you're dying because it's really hot or it just is like I'm just tired, I'm really tired. That was more strenuous than I thought it was. You're not suddenly 4 miles away and you have to now bike 4 miles back. You have that electric motor. So Going someplace like downtown, which is fun here. Like, I love going to downtown Nashville, all these restaurants and coffee shops and stuff. I'd be more likely to do it on my bike rather than taking my car because I know that if I'm just, like, wiped out at the end of it, it's not like I really have to bike all the way back. I can take advantage of that electric motor. Uh, yeah. I thought it, it was really fun. It, it was, And it was very light. This one has... And I think this is is not every trim, I believe, so it's the highest one that I have that they gave me. And it has, like, carbon fiber bits and pieces all over the place and like the wheels are carbon fiber. So you're paying more, but you're also getting a lighter bike, especially if you're going to carry it like you're commuting or something and you're going to need to move it, not riding it. Or if you live light. in an apartment and you got to haul it up the stairs to, right? to plug yeah. it in. Yeah. Like suddenly which, like hauling it up the stairs yeah. is a pain in the butt. This, the carbon fiber makes it a little lighter. So you got to judge that. Like, is it worth the extra money if you have it for the convenience of having this be a little bit lighter I feel like it would be if you could afford it, but it's all going to be a matter of whether you can afford it or not. But like for me, I looked at the gosh, I really truly would be more inclined to go downtown and not drive my car and not deal with parking and not make traffic congested and just enjoy some biking and enjoy the park 
if I knew that if I was tired on the way back, I have that electric motor as a boost. I didn't so think you, I would be that excited about it, but I loved this stupid thing. So does it have a, a throttle so you can ride without pedaling at all? You can. You can ride. You can you can hold it down and you can ride without pedaling. And I think she told me, depends, you know, a million different things, but it's like 35 miles of range, roughly the one that I should have. You could go for 35 miles on that little electric motor. There is no way in my life that I'm doing 35 miles of anything in one shot if it is not a car or a truck. So for me, I'm like, good, I'm golden. But I don't know how many people will be going more than 35 miles in a single. I mean, you could you'd be, be. You'd be surprised. Yeah, I would not yeah. be. This yeah. would not be Nicole's we, you, ideal. On a nice day, like we, we they're, they're, they're working on finishing this Bay Area trail. Mm-hmm. And you can just go for miles and miles and miles. And so you're riding, like I like, like testing all these e-bikes. I'm just riding forever, and you know I'm I'm pedaling, but when I when it's like really hilly, I'm like, eh. Right? <laughs> yeah. Just let the well, just let I this found, hat do thing. Well, see, if you're I doing found, 35 miles and this can kick in on the hard parts, then. But like, yeah. if I'm just doing 35 miles, it's very hilly here. Like, there's you, you don't go for more than five feet without a hill. Like it's constant hill. So to do 35 miles with the hills that I have in this area that is a workout man <laughs> yeah I've, i found the same thing here yeah i've been riding the uh, juice bikes uh <laughs> rip current and you know th- it's a it's a fat tire bike and it's yeah. not folding um and it's it weighs twice as much as this thing yeah i'm looking at the specs of the go cycle it says 37.7 pounds mm-hmm. the 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 rip current is 75 pounds see that's huge. And it's, it's a big bike imagine you're yeah. hauling that like like you said, you have a three bedroom, third floor apartment in a city and you got to haul your 70 pound yeah, bike no, upstairs. You're, you're not, you're not going to do you're that. You're not doing that. Or you've got a little 30 something pound bike. You got to haul upstairs 30 yeah. something pound bike. I could manage. Yeah. I think that's cool. And I, I saw something that I thought was really neat. And it's like, it's as bad a tease as they do for automakers when all they show you is like a headlight. They have something called the ghost cycle family cargo. Oh yeah. Last yeah. year. 2024. I, I, I was trying to figure out exactly what it was. I'm like, what is that? I clicked on a million links and I'm like, here's just one little piece of the frame. Here's another. Little, it's like they're teasing. It's the worst tease. I want to know what it is and I can't figure out what it is. Yeah, this is great for it. parents and grandparents. I'm, I'm, well, I'm a parent, but I don't have little kids, but I still want to know what it is. I'm curious well, if, to see this. If you, if you, if you are really like it, uh, EV, e bikes, and you're like, want to save some money, like Rad Power, um, they have some really good bikes, and they have the yeah. fat tire ones. Uh, Venton, um, if you're if you're hardcore, um, Trek has uh, an e-bike that's great. Um, it does not have an accelerator on it. it doesn't have a it, it just throttle. it's it's only yeah it doesn't have a throttle on it. Um, it just has you know a, a, a pedal assist, but it just feels because it's Trek. They've been making bikes feel, for uh, making seven bikes billion forever. years. Yeah, so it just feels. Like just a little bit better than all these other bikes, but did you like it better than the Ghost Cycle? Because you've driven the a, track? Whole, a bunch. Um, for what it was, yeah. I mean, yeah. for me especially, um, I think the Ghost Cycle is a great. It, it's an outstanding. You know, again, it's like the the design and the power that they're putting in this little itty bitty bike, where I don't feel like I'm too big for this bike, is great. Mm-hmm. And I had people actually come up to me like while I was taking photos and be like, "Oh, what's that?" <laughs> Because it just has this really, this fun little design, this very like it's a cute uh, design. And there's yeah. a couple of fun colors. The one they gave me is bright red, so it totally stands out. And even and Russ t- took it for a spin too. And he's your height, Robbie. He's like six three, and he rides bikes a lot. And he's like, this is this is really 
This is really fun. Yeah. I enjoyed this. No, this they, was a lot of fun. It felt very stable. He said, I didn't feel like it was going to be, like you said, it didn't feel like this is too small. This is too weedy. I'm going to, I'm going to die on this little bike. It felt fine. Um, and he, you know, it's funny. He, because he's a, he's a nerd when he kicks in the little electric motor, because there's leaves everywhere. Every now and then it hit the little leaves. You get a little wheel spin. He's like, I'm like burning dust. I'm like, you're kicking up leaves, but okay, sure you are, honey. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was my second thing. So I had the Ford Maverick for a tiny, uh, small truck that was super fun. And the ghost cycle that now has me thinking that electric bikes are kind of cool. And the next time I see one in the city, I might be inclined to, you know, the rental things. I might do it now, now that I know, feel like a little more comfortable in one. They're super easy. I don't know why I thought they were harder to, no, they're, they're, to manage, they're but they're really super great. easy. Yeah. yeah. They're they're great. You can get the cargo, like, you know, like the ghost cycle, but there's like cargo bikes that are out there. Um, so you can like, you know, I'm going to go shopping. Yeah. Just put a bucket on the back of your cargo well, bike and And I looked at this too. They have like, they have lights you can get, like front lights, like a little headlight and little tail lights. You can get fenders if you want to put fenders. So like if it rains, you don't have like water spraying up on you if the ground is wet. There's different kinds of like cargo things. You can put one that kind of is like that hard rack that goes over like the back wheel. Another one's more like a soft bag that kind of hangs over it like saddlebags. There's all, there's a lot of different like things that you can get. You can make, this could be very versatile. So I can see suddenly now I'm like, okay, e-bikes, I get you. Or you could just get, you know, uh, a Honda Moto Compacto. I or you get the Honda Mondo Compacto. That Wait, looks. Those on that's sale. That's oh, goes on sale those, in a couple of days. I'm like, let's oh. go on sale Wednesday. How much is the Honda Moto Compacto? I can't say it. Nine hundred and ninety-five dollars. Compacto. Are you we'll going to get a Honda? We'll talk more Moto about Com- that next week because okay, I've I've had a chance to ride it, but I can't talk about that yet. Oh, you can't talk about it. I have to kill you. you okay, don't say anything, yet. Sam. No. I don't want anything we'll, to happen to you. <laughs> we'll we'll discuss that one next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. All right, Robbie, what about you? I I got the I had the wait I'm like on the wrong day, um I had the official uh, car of people who buy um, e-bikes and have dogs. <laughs> I had this I had the Subaru <laughs> Crosstrek 2024 Subaru Crosstrek, um and driving driving the the Subaru around uh, a few things um a um I I when the first time I drove the Subaru I was like well why wouldn't you just get the Outback. It was a little bit bigger, a little bit. But now I'm like, you know what? This is fine. This is <laughs> there's yeah, there's so much cool. room. There's a lot of room. It's 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 not as tall as a you know some other SUVs. It's capable. It's it's high enough. It has enough ground clearance. We can just drive over curbs and stuff. <laughs> we can drive off curbs and not worry about it. Robbie, were you um, going crazy with your cross drive? All wheel drive. Uh, literally the 
it's very utilitarian. There's nothing fancy about a Subaru, any Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> any modern Subaru, none of them are fancy. You get in, you do the thing you're going to do, and then you get out. Either it's, it's, it's you know, the, the Impreza, the Crosstrek, the, the Forester, or it's the BRZ or the WRX. You get in and you do the thing that you want to do in that car, and then you get out. There's, there's, there's not a lot of, like explosions there's no, there's no crazy no fancy ambient lighting and yeah, like startup no, screens that are like welcome yeah there's no it isn't powered by unity it is isn't <laughs> no no by, uh no uh was it unreal engine stuff no unreal engine yeah you can't you can't play uh you know a video game on it none of that you just get in the car and you drive the car and you go to the place you want to go and your dog's in the back and it's having the best time ever, apparently, according to Subaru. So can we um, make a comment about the dog in the back? Have you seen, and Subaru sells this for the Crosstrek, the interior thing. It, like, covers every conceivable surface in your car, and it comes from Subaru for your dog. So it's, like, not just a cargo cover that covers your seats. It even has a little panel that covers the door. So if your dog is prone oh, to putting his claws and hands on the door. even if they hands, don't put their claws, their hands on the door, they drool on the door while they're right? looking out the window. So this is, like, imagine, like, a little plastic piece, and it kind of slips in the door, and it comes down. It has a little paw print on it. It's really cute. But it covers the whole door, so it protects your door from dog scratches and slobber. And I don't know if it's all, like... I think it's and there's like a cargo area, the front seats, the second row, the doors. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's really cool, and it's from Subaru, so it's an after. It's like not going to come standard, but it's like Subaru yeah. made it so it fits the way it's supposed to fit. You know, it's going to fit. Yeah, when I when I had my WRX, it came. The person who had I bought it used. The person I had before me had just bought the rubber like seat like uh like um cargos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cargo spot, the, floor, the cargo yeah. thing, oh, the, cargo and the floor mats, the plastic one. Yeah. all of that. They just bought like the rubber plastic, the rubber one. So like, I, cause I used to take it to go snowboarding. It was, it was awesome. So, that so, was the, I, so it totally makes sense that I would do that for, um, yeah, for your, for your, for your pets. Because yeah, they get their stuff everywhere. Um, yeah. So what, what version was I driving? I guess it doesn't really, I mean, really it doesn't matter. Was it the new wilderness? <laughs> no, it wasn't well, even the wilderness. It was just the regular old Subaru Crosstrek. Just Crosstrek. Just the, like, yeah, no, no one should be nothing, nothing that exciting about it. Uh, it was the limited, ooh, whatever. Ooh, <laughs> it's, that makes um, it sound exciting. It's a little bit nicer, I suppose. Um, but you can get a super like the cross stretch starts at twenty five thousand for the base, which um, in in in, for, in the now time for an all wheel drive vehicle. That's not yeah, bad. that's actually for pretty reasonable, drive, right? All wheel drive vehicle. That you can, you know, uh, it's snowing. Uh, who cares? Uh, it's raining. You got to go through some mud. Yeah, it's fine. There's a whole. And it's got a little bit mud. of clearance. It has just enough clearance. Yeah. So, like that snowbank at the bottom of the driveway that the plow created that you haven't had a chance to get out of the way. Poof! Right Slam through it. Eight point seven inches of ground clearance. Yeah. Which I think is that's almost as it's about I the same as a as a Bronco Sport. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a there's a lot more ground clearance than you think on this vehicle. Yeah. I, when I, I mean, when I would come out, that's actually about the same as a lot of. You know, actual so-called SUVs. SUVs, yeah. I think it's a little bit less than the G wagon. <laughs> I think I, oh I looked it God. up once. There was like some like weird little factoid that I used to have about the ground clearance of Subarus and and the G wagon. It wasn't like there wasn't a huge difference. That's um, horrible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no. It, and you know, the one I had the limited, I guess, starts at thirty thousand. Sure. Uh, but. Um, yeah, the only literally the only thing that's wrong with this car is the CVT. Mm. 
That's that's I mean, that's Henry Car with the CVT. That's what's <laughs> wrong with it. That's what's wrong um, with it. Yeah. For you know, it's not fast. It's not a performance vehicle. If you want that, Subaru has that. They will sell that to you. You can get that if you want. Um, it's you know, it 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 just fits all the people. We have you know four full-grown adult people in there. People sat in the back seat. No one's like, oh man, this is tight because you know dudes will tell you when they're getting in the car, they're like, oh, like they're ever going to sit back there again. Um, no, I, I, you know, the, the, the infotainment, uh, system is, is it the dual screen or the single screen, the single screen? It's just basic. It's just, it's, you know, it's it's essentially like an iPad. Is it still, I want to say it's a crosstalk, but I could be pointing out the wrong Subaru. Most of them have the the iPad screen, but some of them, the base trim is still the dual. Oh, they have the little screen in the dash. Yeah. I don't like the two. I don't like the dual screen, but they're moving towards the big one. I'm hoping like one more. I think all the new stuff has the single screen. Even on the base trim. Cause some of them had a single on all, but the base, maybe it wasn't the cross track. I might be thinking of a different Subaru, but I like the big screen. I think the dual screen was wonky and it made it look cheap because people don't do that unless the screens are. Oh yeah. I think the base still has a dual screen. Yeah. See, I think Um, the base, if you get the base, you get the dual screen. That's your, your, that's like the major drawback of the base trim. Which is weird. You're just like, okay. It's like, uh, fine, fine. I'll have the dual screen, whatever. The, um, the climate controls up and down buttons for the heat, which is, you know, typically what you want to do anyway. Um, volume, little knob. You can turn Yay it. for a volume knob. Um, Sorry, just giving me a little cheer. Woo-hoo. Yeah, there's a, there was a few things that are in the infotainment screen, where, infotainment system that uh, you're just like, why is this in here, not a button? But that's every car nowadays. Um, that said, I think the... Uh, I'm driving this car around and I realize I'm like, if Subaru didn't change anything about the interior or the exterior, anything else, all they did was make it an EV, the cross check would be selling like bonkers. That's all. <laughs> oh my God. Can you imagine if they this made is, an EV just, version of this? It doesn't need, doesn't need to be crazy. doesn't need to be from the future. It, doesn't, <laughs> it, doesn't it can need, look exactly like this one. It can be exactly like yeah. this. Exactly mm-hmm. like this and just make it an EV. It's going to be more expensive. Obviously, uh, it's going to be more. He- it's going to be heavier. But uh, what are you doing? I'm just going to go driving my Subaru. Don't care. <laughs> Me and my dog. We're going to go off road. Going to drive down trail. Going to go camping. <laughs> we're going to do all the things that people who buy like giant Subarus Raptors too. and and Wranglers say they're going to do. Uh, you, you Subaru people are like, oh, whatever. <laughs> and the trail. difference is that Subaru people are actually more likely to actually go off road with their vehicle than most truck owners. Yeah, it's crazy. Like you see them all over the place. Like, so I feel like what, super what? people really do. Like super people, the people you're like, yeah, sure, you're gonna have your quote rugged lifestyle. And you're like, oh hey, look, that Subaru out there on the trail covered with mud. All right, like, I guess they're actually doing it. Go Subaru person. Yeah, it is like people really do do Subaruy things with it. I think it's cool that they actually do active stuff. There was some figure, and I wish I could remember. Like they had in one of the programs I went to for Subaru. It was like. How many of their owners, you know, go biking? How many go kayaking? How many? And it was a crazy amount of people. I'm like everybody does stuff. Everybody Every, who yeah. buys a Subaru does stuff. You like? Do they check before you buy? I'm sorry, you're not no. going to have an active lifestyle. Please no. go next door to Mazda. Like they don't let you buy <laughs> one. Like what do they do? It's kind of cool. So yeah, the whole. I mean, when we like, when I remember the Ali Auto Show when the BZ4X and the uh, Soltero were both shown off like mm-hmm. the bc4x was in a corner being spun around on a little platter and like nothing subaru you went to theirs like it was up on like you know they have their ewok yes. village that they build 
It that's is full an of puppies. Ewok village. Yes. They, build, they build an Ewok village. Um, the the Solterra was up on you know the big stage and spinning around, and then next to it on the ground was another Solterra that had been outfitted with all the things, mm-hmm. all the things you're going to do. And everyone, people were just crawling all over that thing, and they were just like, "Oh, I can put my bike on here. I can put my dad right." Like yeah. it really is that it's 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 not the poser car. You buy the Subaru, you mean it. Yeah. You're gonna do yeah. it. You were gonna. But you're not making a big deal. You're like, whatever, man. You're right. Like, I don't need to be fancy. I don't need your leather seats. I need whatever. I'm gonna listen to fish. I'm gonna drive around with my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Gonna listen to fish. I'm gonna go out with my dog. Gonna put a little protective cover on there, and we're gonna go for a hike and bring back muddy paws. Perfect. That doesn't matter. I I was just. I'm looking through the uh, the Subaru website. uh, You know, in the uh, the accessories section for the uh, uh, for the cross track, and you know they've got. A whole range of stuff, yeah. So that you can get a collapsible pet kennel that goes in the cargo area. They sell a, a pet harness, which you should always use when you take your dog in the car. You know, to yes. you know, just as you should also always wear your seat belts. Your dog should also be belted in. So if something happens, they're not going flying around in the flying car. Flying across the car. They, they've yes. got that that rear door protector, uh, a pet friendly padded cargo liner, so you can put it in the, put them in the cargo area, and you've got a nice padded thing that you know protects all the yeah. stuff um padded seat protectors uh seat cover with armrests the whole the whole thing it's it's amazing and it's totally you know, pet friendly I, yeah, my and, favorite part is the rear door protector though because it has little paw prints yeah so you click on it little paw prints on there so you know for, for your dog <laughs> it's not just because your kids are sloppy although that'd be brilliant it's for your dog because paw prints and 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 the subaru stand is always the best place to go at an auto show because they have the the pet corral they they you know they work with you know local shelters and they bring in bring in puppies uh, that you can adopt right there yeah um, you know so you know if you just need to decompress a little bit while you're at an auto show and this is always great at media days yeah you know, we, we all do it it's like you want to go by the super booth you need to hug a puppy go, and go, have go a spend rough day. 15 minutes in the pe- in the in the puppy corral and it's great. It always cracks me up because we all do go, and people don't dress as much as they did for auto shows once upon a time. But at some point, you see somebody fully in some guy in a suit sitting down there on the floor. I'm like, You're wearing a dark gray suit and you're picking up a white dog. Do you realize what you look like now? There's like, Doesn't you matter. Can, you can just yeah. see, you're like, Oh, you were at the super booth, weren't you? And they're covered with dog hair and no one cares. It's like, That's great. That was my moment of zen sitting mm-hmm. in the super booth with little puppies. Yep. It's their puppy hair badge of honor. It is. It's like you're kind of excited. Like you see, it, you're like, oh, I haven't been over there yet. He already is covered with dog hair. I should go over there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Subaru. Um, I, I, yeah. I, again, I'm, and how much was it uh, all, all told? The one I had was 34. Okay. It was the limited and they put a bunch of stuff on it. And again, I, I, you know, I think everyone knows at this point that I'm very much like, ah, you don't need all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Get the get the one that has just what you want, using the 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 features that you're going to use all the time versus the features that are well you know I'm going to use this once or twice. Like be be honest with yourself about what what you're going to do with your vehicle is is my whole saying, which is why I'm a big fan of the Subarus. I'm a big fan of the Maverick. I'm a big fan of you know the Bolt. Like I just need an EV to. Most of us can get by with the base trim or the base car in a lot of lineups and we go higher than we need to. Yeah. Like the, yeah. the, you know, you might want to get the the starter car, but a higher mid range trim or something, but you can get by, we can all get by with so much less than what we actually do. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Just think you about know. what you're doing in your car. Like, I mean, that's why we end up with the Kona. I'm like, well, 
it's just a car that's an EV. Again, and then Subaru just did that with the Crosstrek. It, it it would sell really well. Yep. Because people would be like, oh, I just that's just what I want. I just want a wagony car. I can put my dogs in. I can throw some bikes on. I can drive 250 miles. Oh right, yeah, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I guess without the noise. <laughs> I don't know what Subaru sounds. Um, I feel like that noise would be a good one. I wanted to do that. Wee, 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 so drive along the road. I'll, I'll hit up the Subaru folks and tell them, like, okay. hey, I got a noise for you. You work on that for me there. All right. Um, well, I had, uh, prior to leaving for Asia, um, I had the uh, 2024 Chevy Trax RS, or actually two RS to be more precise. Um, the the first gen Trax was kind of a dumpy looking little crossover <laughs> like tracks was the car that everyone forgot existed and then you'd see one on the road you're like oh oh, oh yeah the tracks is still a thing yeah, yeah. that was accurate yeah. sam kind of kind of dumpy looking um but yeah. you know it was cheap and you know it was effective and um the the new tracks is so much nicer looking it's oh amazing I, when i uh, my my wife's best friend has a first generation tracks and when i came home in the the new tracks and i showed it to my <laughs> wife and she asked what is that and i said that's a chevy tracks you mean the same thing that carol has said, yep. <laughs> said, wow carol's looks like garbage <laughs> yeah oh um, poor carol so poor carol uh, oh carol's great um but the the new tracks looks fantastic you know and it's it's consistent with kind of the styling direction that Chevy's been going with with a bunch of their new stuff uh like you know the Equinox EV you know looks looks very similar to that and and other stuff um it, it's bigger than the original tracks uh I think it's like six inches longer um but it is uh you know and it's like the um uh, what is the Buick and Vista you know so it's based on the same platforms the Buick and Vista um and it's about the same size um and this generation, uh, it's front wheel drive only. Um, only powertrain available in the new tracks is a 1.2 liter three cylinder turbo, which is actually surprisingly peppy um, because this thing doesn't really weigh all that much. It's not ridiculously heavy like some other vehicles. Um, so it's got uh, what 137 horsepower, 162 pound feet of torque, six speed automatic transmission. Um, so it it looks really nice on the outside. It looks really nice on the inside too, much more so than the old tracks. Um, and again, the, the interior design is consistent with a lot of the newer Chevys, like the, the Blazer EV, the Equinox EV, um, the, uh, the Silverado in terms of the way the screens are set up. So you, you've got a digital instrument cluster, uh, and then they're off to the just to the side of that. There is a, an 11 inch uh, touchscreen uh, LCD touchscreen that is kind of tilted a bit towards the driver uh, has the infotainment system. Interestingly, the interface on the infotainment system looks exactly like the interface on a lot of the more expensive Chevys that have an Android automotive based system. But it's not Android automotive based. So they skinned it so it looks consistent across all Chevys, which is fine. Uh, but this one is uh, an older, uh, not necessarily older. It's a different system. It's running on uh, QNX. Um, and But it has support for Apple CarPlay and Android Auto wirelessly. 
um it's 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 really nice uh it's it's a it's a really nice vehicle to drive uh it's surprisingly roomy you know for for a compact crossover uh, even the back seat is is really good um i said front wheel drive only uh this time around um and i had the 2rs uh so the top two trim levels are the 2rs and the active both of which are priced uh, base price of 24995 which includes the delivery charge um and there was only a couple of options on the one that I was driving one is the the sunroof package um and the other was the driver confidence package which gets you the uh rear cross traffic alert uh blind spot monitoring and adaptive cruise control so it, in a vehicle that all in Cost twenty four twenty five thousand four forty five, um, including delivery. That's that's pretty pretty well equipped. You know, it's got a they like say a nice infotainment system. It feels, um, not, I mean, it looks it looks fairly upscale. You know, it's mostly hard plastics, but again, like the Maverick. You know, they've done some nice job a nice job on the texturing and everything, and and the color combinations. Um, there was I don't think any piano black. Uh, in I this thought thing. Sam, what there you're saying you with the interior, I thought that was there was such a drastic difference in how much nicer this looked. Like this is not a fifty thousand dollar yeah. car. It's not some uh, you know fancy pants car. But the old one was just absolutely lackluster. It was. Just, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh god, do I have to drive oh. this? Like, and I remember going to the drive program for this and thinking, like, mm, okay, okay, we're gonna see. Okay. And then I opened the door and I went, oh my oh. gosh, this is actually nice like kudos to them that they they there's still not expensive materials used in it between the colors and the textures that they picked it really looks good it looks surprisingly good i think i would never have suggested anybody buy a tracks before i'd be like no don't buy that <laughs> now 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 i'm like okay so it's not the most like powerful engine in the world if you're looking to win races no but it's fine for what it does and for the price and because the interior is nicer and more comfortable I would, I, this is a great little like entry level kind of car. I like mm -hmm. it now. I was, yeah. I was surprised. I was so shocked because I really didn't like the first one. <laughs> yeah. And you know, when, with the RS you get, you know, a bunch of red accents because RS sporty, red mm -hmm. sporty, right. you know, so exactly. like you got the, the circular vents like you have on the blazers and, and some of the other models with the, the red accents in there, red accents across a red stripe across the, the passenger side of the dashboard, uh, red accents on the shifter. Um, it's, it's, it's really good. It, it, this is a, really great you know relatively entry-level vehicle you know i mean it's not the cheapest vehicle i mean you can go for the um you know the the base ls model that you know starts at 215 um and you know that is one of the most affordable vehicles you can get today uh but even even with the rs you know you're still in the mid 25s which is not at all bad for uh for a modern vehicle like this uh and you've got things like dual zone climate control and everything else um so you know if, if what you and you know it's a it's a crossover but it's really a, it's a car you know it's a slightly tall you know five-door hatchback which is mm -hmm. that's what most people need uh you know it's very practical you know and as a hatchback you know you can fold the back seats down you got a nice big opening in the back so you can load stuff in there uh, including mulch you can take your mulch in there um, yeah uh, so 
there's lots of lots of good features in here. And like I said, in this RS, it even had adaptive cruise control and blind spot monitoring and lane keeping assist. So it's got everything you need. Um and so uh I I would definitely recommend people take a look at this one if they're looking for you know an entry level hatchback. The only downside is like I said, it's front wheel drive only. They're they're not offering all wheel drive uh this on this generation um so unlike the cross trek um you know which is all wheel drive only this is front drive only so if you want all wheel drive you're going to have to step up to the trailblazer like if you want all wheel drive in a chevy crossover a small chevy crossover you got to go to the trailblazer that one offers all wheel drive um but this one um you know if you can depending on where you live um if you can get by with if you don't need all wheel drive uh for winter driving then this is a great choice to consider. So that is the uh, the Chevy Trax for 2024. Cool. Yes. Um, all right. Let's move on to some of the stuff. Um, so I was in Japan last week. Went to the Japan Mobility Show um, with Nissan. Uh, they paid my way there. And... Um, at the show, we saw lots of stuff. This this is one of the um, most interesting auto shows I've been to in many, many years. Uh, this is the show formerly known as the Tokyo Motor Show. Um, and I think pretty much everybody I talked to that was there agrees that the absolute highlight of the show was the Mazda Iconic SP concept. Did, did you two get a look at this thing? I'm I looking did. at it right this second. It does look cool. That was the best. That was what everybody uniformly there thought was like the thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This this thing is fantastic looking. So this is not a Miata. Um, this, you know, this is actually quite a bit bigger. It's like seven or eight inches longer than a Miata. It has a dual rotor Wankel rotary engine and electric motor. So it's it's a hybrid. It's a plug in hybrid. Mm hmm. Um, they don't provide any aside besides, besides that, they don't provide any other real specs on this thing. Um, uh, and there's no indication that they're actually going to build this. Um, Ooh. but if they do, um, I, I sincerely hope that they do. Do you think because... they will, or did you get, a, what do you think? What do you think the chances are of this actually becoming a production vehicle? I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I think every time they say uh, rotary, whenever we talk about rotary engines, we all know that's not going to happen. Yeah, probably not. I mean, they, they did. That's what I'm thinking. They, they, it's, they just did. A, it's a thing they say because that's the, what they're known for. They, they do have the know. they do have the plug in hybrid version of the MX30 with a rotary engine that they sell overseas. That you know they they drop the MX30 in North America, but they sell it in Europe and in Japan, um, and that has a rotary engine for the range extender. Mm-hmm. Um, but I. Unfortunately, I am skeptical that this will get built. I, I hope they do, but I don't, I'm not holding my breath. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has pop-up headlamps. I love and, pop-up headlamps. Does anything actually have pop-up headlamps right now? Not that I can think of. Um, I you know, I mean anything. it's can't think of anything. I mean, this this is you know classic Mazda design, very simplistic, very clean. Even the interior is really clean. There's no giant hyper screen or anything like that. There's a, a small central screen, um, uh, some buttons on the console. 
um, you know, digital instrument cluster. And that is like it, um, you know, very minimalist, um, you know, and just looks so fabulous. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately it's, it's probably, it's very unlikely that this will get to production. So. Do you think we'll get something close? Do you think it design wise at all? I, I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if the next generation Miata um, takes a lot of design inspiration from this car, from this concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, shorten it up a little bit, make it a roadster. Um, you know, they they actually did have a red NA roadster, red, red NA Miata on the the show stand uh, at Mazda. Um, but uh, but this you know this thing is the the highlight definitely of the show. Um. I would so, like to see it happen, but it won't, you know, yeah. it won't. <laughs> this may uh, the day the night before the show, Infinity had an event where they showed off a concept, um, which um actually we will be getting something based on this uh coming as a 2026 model. Um this is their Infinity is going to build a new sedan. It's going to be electric. Um we don't know yet what the final name will, will be. The concept was called the Vision QE, uh, and this is a, a, a fairly large, actually, uh, four-door sedan. Um, and this gives you a, a pretty good idea of the design direction that Infinity is going with their new, their their next generation vehicles. Uh, so this is an electric sedan. It feels like it's they, they didn't give any specs on this. But it looks like it's similar in size um, to a Tesla Model S, so okay. it's a pretty good size sedan. Pretty big, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty wild looking front end, especially. It's very uh, angular. It makes me. I know it's not round at all, like a BMW. Like, but that the bottom lights make me yeah. think of the giant maw that is a BMW grill these days. Right, and that that was what I thought when I saw it because that that's that actually lights up. Yeah. Uh, so when it's off, you know, that's dark. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's sort of a stylized version of the Infinity logo, uh, is which it? is, uh, yeah, because yeah. if you look at it, you know, in the, in the middle, uh, you've got the I two lines it. going Literally, up. Literally, I just tipped my head to the side like a dog. Like, I don't know if I see that. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I see it now that you said that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this, you know, a lot of what you see here is going to be appearing on next generation infinities coming in just a few years. Um, and uh, hopefully, hopefully this is close to what we actually get. Um, the production version, the production sedan, um, as I said, will be coming as a 2026 model. It'll be built in Canton, Mississippi. Um, no other detailed specs on this thing, but it's, it's coming. They also confirmed that um, a new QX 80, is coming, I think, next year. Uh, they didn't really give a specific date, but that at Pebble Beach this summer, they they showed the QX monograph concept, and um, they they had that on uh, at they had that there at this event, but uh, um, they did not actually show either the QX monograph or the QE at the show because Infinity, despite being part of Nissan does not sell cars in Japan. You cannot buy infinities in Japan. So they really? didn't actually show it. They didn't have it at the show. They just had their standalone event the night before. Um, but the, the QX monograph, you know, looks, 
it's you know taking the full size SUV idea you know that they've had with the QX80 for a while, but um, you know kind of doing what Land Rover Range Rover has been doing with their models over the last fifteen years or so, making it progressively smoother and smoother. You know, so you get you know flush door handles and everything flush, um, and just kind of smoothing it out. Uh, and that should be coming next year, as well as uh, um, a QX65, um, which they say is inspired by the um, Infinity FX. But they also said that about the QX55, and that wasn't so much. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Ho- hopefully, that. hopefully. Um, so that's that was Infinity uh, in Japan. Um. I also had a chance to drive a couple of cars while I was there. That's um, kind of fun. Yeah. I only care about one car. Only one? Only one. So you want the Nissan yeah. Serena, right? No. The, the <laughs> minivan with the e-power system? No. Um, the, the the two most interesting ones um, were uh, the Nissan Sakura and the X-Trail e-power. So the Sakura is the best-selling EV in Japan. It accounts for over half of electric vehicle sales in Japan, oh. which is not that much to be fair, but but it's the best selling EV in Japan. It's so cute. It's it's a K car. It's adorable. Yeah. Um, so K cars are these it's this class of cars in Japan that are the regulations that govern K cars are there's a maximum size that they can be, and no more than I think it's 66 horsepower. Um and there's a maximum, I think, maximum speed of like 110 kilometers per hour, which is about 65, 67 miles per hour. Uh, the the Sakura, what's amazing about these K cars is that they are so tiny on the outside. They are literally the TARDIS of cars, <laughs> you know, for Doctor Who fans. <laughs> they, they are tiny on the outside, but they are shockingly big on the inside. The packaging is unbelievable. Uh, I've got a picture, and there, there'll be a link to some photos in the uh, uh, in the show notes. Um, but uh, front, a friend of ours, uh, Bank Talverson, who is uh, he is he's uh, he's with uh, Green Car Reports. He is six foot six. He got in the front seat of the Sakura, um, and uh, uh, pasting a, a different picture here, uh, you can see. Banks uh, expression. I'm looking. Uh, the the last the last link I just put in the chat. <laughs> He's six foot six. He he got in the front seat in the driver's seat, set it for his height, and then got in the back. And these are tiny little cars. And he fits. He's got lots of leg room, lots of he knee room, does. lots of head room. Gosh, and, I would not have expected that. He actually has more room. Th- wow. Yeah. It's it's shocking how much room there is in this thing. And the back seat slides back and forth. So, you know, normally, you know, when, when you put it all the way back like it was there in this picture, there's not a lot of cargo space left in the back. Uh, but, you know, as a commuter car, it's great. Um, and then you can slide that back seat way forward and get a lot more cargo space if you need it or fold it down entirely um, if you if you need to carry big stuff. Um, you know, we'll never see this in, in the U.S. market, but it's got... Um, you know, it's got some styling, some design elements from the Aria, you know, that they've put on this little box car. Um, it's got a max. It's got 64 horsepower. It's got a range of 180 kilometers, which is about 115 miles 
on the WLTP cycle. So real real world, it's about 80 miles of range, 75 to 80 miles of range. So it's similar to the, in that respect, to the first generation leaf. But if you live in a city, you know, if you live someplace like mm-hmm. Tokyo, yeah. you know, which is very crowded, very hard to find places to park, uh, um, you know, having a car this size is actually ideal. It's perfect for crowded cities. Um, It'll, like I said, it'll unfortunately almost never be sold outside of Japan. We'll never at least, see it. at least not for another twenty-five years. At which point, you know, you can import them. You know, people, uh, people import uh, old K cars all the time. Uh, but uh, this, this is an unbelievable little car, and you know, it it has ProPilot Assist on it. Um, you know, it's got all the all the features in here. Um, and, uh, it, it's just it's really fun to drive even with, because it's so small, you know, even with, you know, 64 horsepower, it's, it feels very nimble, very responsive. Um, and it, it was a hoot to drive. I wish I get to drive that. I'm, I think I'm so glad that you took a picture of him in there though, because it didn't look, I would have thought there's no way. There's yeah. no way. And it was going to fit in there without being contorted well, like a pretzel. Yeah. I mean, he, he got, he got comfy. in. He got in after I was finished driving the car and he got in, set the front seat. And I said, okay, now get in the back. Let me see how much space you have in the back. Yeah. We, um, the day before at the show, um, you know, we were checking it out on the show floor and Ed Kim from auto Pacific got in the back and he yeah. was sprawled out in this thing. It was crazy you know, how much room he had. <laughs> um, and so I, I had uh bank sit in there and it, he was amazed at just how much room there was. So, um, so that's the Nissan Sakura. The, uh, the other interesting thing I drove was the, uh, the Nissan X-Trail e-power. So the X-Trail, um, is the same vehicle that we have here. That's called the Nissan Rogue. Um, so everywhere else in the world, the Rogue is called the X-Trail. E-power sounds way cooler than Rogue X-Trail. It, it does. Yeah. Um, and e-power is, is Nissan's, um, uh, series hybrid system. So it's different from the configuration you get on a Toyota or most other vehicles. Um, there's no there's no direct drive between the engine. It has a 1.5 liter three cylinder engine. There's no direct drive between the engine and the wheels. The engine drives a generator, which provides electricity to the, the drive motor as well as a smaller battery. So it um, it's a an electric, technically an electric vehicle without a plug. Okay. So there's no plug on it. Um, and the, the concept is, is really cool driving it. It felt very natural to drive it. Uh, it was quite responsive. It's got about 200 horsepower, which is similar to the performance of the, the X trail that we have, or the, the rogue that we have here now, which is a 1.5 cylinder or 1.5 liter, three cylinder turbo. So similar performance. But um, the engine is not driving the wheels at all. When I drove it, I thought, wow, this is really cool. We should have this in North America. And then I went and looked up the fuel economy ratings for it. Then you did math. Yeah, I did some some math. And it's like, okay, now I see why they don't bother to sell it here in North America. (laughs) Because in in Europe, um, the front-wheel drive X-Trail e-power is rated, like in the UK, it's rated at 48 miles per gallon. But that's imperial gallons. When you convert that to U.S. gallons, which are smaller, um, and then cut off about 20% for the difference between the WLTP test cycle and the EPA test cycle, it's rated about 
33 miles per gallon. Guess what the rating is for the 1.5 liter turbo in the U.S. Rogue? <laughs> uh, 33 miles per gallon combined. Oh, geez. Yeah. Womp, womp. So you womp, don't womp. actually get any benefit in, in terms of efficiency, at least not with the current generation. There's been some rumors that the next generation e-power system, which we saw, which should be more efficient and also lower cost, may be coming to the Rogue in North America. Yeah. Um, so we may see that in like three or three years or so, three or four years. Um, but right now, Nissan has not confirmed that. Um, they've never officially announced anything. But we we might get that version uh, when the next generation Rogue arrives. Maybe. 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 Um, something we almost certainly won't get is the Nissan Hyperforce concept. Hyperforce. <laughs> it also sounds cool. The names are better. Hyperforce. Yeah. Yeah, oh lord this looks like the batmobile in that main it is yeah, yeah it's the batmobile batmobile. like the nissan it's, batmobile it's, no, 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 yeah no, no, no. The, the original Hyperforce. 1960s batmobile they used the lincoln futura concept and, con- and george barris converted that into the, made the batmobile out of it. okay they could use this one for the batmobile in the next for, iteration yeah, for, for of this the one remakes. they 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 made a batmobile out of a nissan gtr yeah, yeah so you did. can you know in the shape of the greenhouse and everything you can see a lot of current gtr in there yeah um this thing is supposedly you know i does i'm pretty sure it's not a running vehicle because i mean we never saw it actually move um but you know this sat there looking pretty this is like yeah well i'm not sure i'd use the word pretty you just sat Um, there looking angry (laughs) yeah yeah and and when you look at the profile image of it um it's you know it's got a really long overhang uh on the front it's huge. And it's really low. And you know, you would not want to take this over speed bumps or you know, <laughs> even up your driveway. Uh um, you're gonna catch the Joker if you can't go over speed bumps. Yeah, right. You have to be well, but you know, there could be like bat what are the batarangs or something or bat grappling hooks or something, you need something in there. Yeah. But they uh yeah, you know, so this is you know, inspired by GTR, but it's electric. It's supposed to the spe, the specs say something like thirteen hundred horsepower, all wheel drive electric. Um, there's no there's no indication that we're ever actually going to see anything like this. Um, they have you know they've not confirmed anything. You know, some of the other the other hyper concepts that they showed. Uh, like the hyperpunk, which I think we talked about uh, a mm-hmm. few weeks ago. You know, they, Nissan released images of some of the concepts over the last few weeks. Um, you know, s- some of those design ideas will be showing up in future production uh, EVs. Whether anything like the Hyperforce shows up, eh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I bet it won't. It would be cool, but yeah, probably not. Um. So let's see. That's the Hyperforce. Uh, what else you got it? Oh, the Honda Prelude. Prelude's it, coming back. No bad preludes. Prelude. Does that <laughs> pop no up bad... headlights? Does that pop up headlights? It does not have pop up headlights. Forget it. I'm out. I want the pop up headlights. Dang it! Those are the best. What What do you think of this Prelude? What do I think of this Prelude? I dig it. I know I it's not an EV. The, the original Prelude, the first couple of generations, of, or at least the first generation of Prelude, didn't have pop-ups either. It had fixed headlights. Well, that yeah, was a mistake. Gen. When I've they got the pop-up headlights, they corrected their errors. So, 
<laughs> I don't know. I think it looks, I mean, it looks kind of good. I, I, is it, it's very swoopy in the back. It's got a very fast back. Yeah. Very, very sloped route. Is there even a back seat in this? Do they even pretend? Um, the, well, we don't know because the, you know, we couldn't, we could not see an interior. The windows were basically oh, blacked completely out. completely blacked out. So, you, so see. you know, we don't know if this is anything more than just a styling study at this point. They, in the, in the announcement, they didn't really say anything about, all they said was electrified. Um, we got a, uh, a booth tour from somebody at Honda that took us, showed us all the, all the stuff that Honda had, uh, including the prelude. And he said that it was, that it was a hybrid, mm-hmm. um, not okay. battery electric. And, you know, there was no, no indication of a charge port door on this thing. So, you know, this is more likely, you know, something built on the, the civic hybrid platform. So you know, we don't have a coupe version of the current generation civic. So this is maybe, you know, bringing back a coupe to the civic architecture um, and reviving an old name. But I mean, it looks really good. I, I like the way it looks. We'll see if it ever gets built. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, coupe, the reason why they dropped the civic coupe is because it didn't sell very many Nobody copies. Bought it. You know, yeah, I get it. Yeah. If no one's and, buying it, then I mean, you can't, if you can't yeah. sell it, you're not going to build it. Yeah. I get it. I yeah. don't have to like it, but I get it. Yeah. Um, so you've both driven the Lexus RZ, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I have. Maybe. What? Sure. Yeah. You know, of all the things about the RZ. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't driven the Lexus okay. RZ. What's the most disappointing part of the RZ? Yeah. Oh my God, that it doesn't look like this picture. Good gravy. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I'm, I'm thinking you're going for the off-road capability. Is that what we're going for here? Well, the, you know, the RZ doesn't have particularly good range. No. Like the the, the RZ, you know, the, the high-end RZ with the 20-inch wheels is only rated at 194 miles of range. Right. So you put big tires and you put on a bunch of appendages, you know, that affect your aerodynamics. <laughs> And what do you suppose that's going to do to the range of an oh, RZ? Oh, make it so much better. And you better. jack it up. You lift it up. So you make have more ground way better, Way better. Way better, right? Better. That yeah, should be at least 300 miles now, right? Yeah. Totes. So three mm-hmm. billion yeah. miles. No? Yeah. Uh, no? I don't know. They're, they're not saying anything. <laughs> they just had this. Yeah, you know, And it, there was like, there's like no announcement of this thing. It was just sitting out there on the show floor. And our RZ, off, Alexis RZ that- off-roader. <laughs> Just they chilling, did, yeah. just hanging out in the corner, like I'm here if you need me. Yeah, like, we should make a Subaru. Big, big knobby saying. tires. Yeah, I mean, this would be oh more God, appropriate as a Subaru Saltera. You're not a, wrong. a Saltera Outback or something, or you know, a cross track version of the Saltera. Um, yeah, as, as a Lexus, it's like why bother? It Isn't it, it's not it, that looks like looks really fancy and fun and funky, but like literally nobody who owns a Lexus is looking for that. No, literally no one. No one asked for that. Nobody wants that. Yeah. I mean, maybe three people, but there'd be somebody who would want it. A couple. But while I was looking at this, I ran into Roman Micah and his son, Tommy. Uh, yes. They were they were they were there. They were shooting a bunch of stuff and we were chatting about it. And just, yeah, no, nobody was particularly impressed with the <laughs> I remember one of the first um, grumpy Roman rants that, uh, that grumpy did. Roman rants. That should be a what was actually, well, it, it's, it's been a recurring thing ever since Has he got it? the, since they tested the RZ is the first one that he did 
was on the RZ. Oh, the Roman Rants. I yeah. love it. So, uh, so yeah, make make sure you go check out uh, Roman check and, out. and the crew at TFL, uh, and I'll find the uh, the link to the his rant about the RZ. Uh, but doing a, an off road version of it just seems kind of pointless. Yeah. On the other hand, yes, uh, Lexus will have another at least another one more EV coming in 2026, uh, which is the uh, going to be based off the LFZC concept because that just rolls right off the tongue, doesn't LFZC. it? LFZC, LFZC, Lexus loses. So this is kind of similar in size to the IS. And might end up being a replacement for the IS. Who knows? What What do you think of this one? Let me give it a better look. Ooh, that's very, very, very lit. Those are some. Okay, why does it look like? Okay, don't like it. <laughs> so, what's happening on the door panel? So, when you look at the side door on the profile, it looks like the Hulk punched the door panel and it's <laughs> popped in behind the front fender. Yes. Like you could put your whole hand behind the front fender by accident because somebody went kablamo. That, that is a pretty good uh, description of it. Yeah, I feel like that's accurate. You guys all know exactly what I mean. Mm-hmm. Looking at that picture. I, yeah. Inside it looks, it looks kind like of a, funky. Yeah, it's a paper craft car. Like, you know, when you have to origami. Put origami. Yeah. Yeah. So but it has that um, the uh, the the steering wheel. I've lost the word. The yoke. The yoke. Thank you. It has the yoke steering wheel. I don't know how I feel about those. Well, unlike Tesla, when um, Lexus introduced the yoke for the RZ, they mm-hmm. did a, a proper um, steer by wire system. So yeah. I think it's like only uh, like 120 degrees of rotation in each direction. Yeah. So you, you're not you're never going to have to go hand over hand with the yoke. You can basically turn the whole thing from one end to the other without taking your hands off the sides of the yoke. Which takes a little getting used to because you've you've turned right and you feel like you're only a little turned right. And it's like, no, you are turned right. Like ease yeah. up. Like you, it takes a little, yeah. but you do get used to it. But have I, you, have you had a chance to try the RZ with that system? Yeah. Yeah. What did I you did. think of it? I, you know, it was, I didn't, the wheel as it is worked fine. Like I feel like the, you know, just a regular wheel is sort of more intuitive and makes more sense to me. Why are we Having trying that, to get rid of a steering wheel? There's right, nothing wrong like, with a steering wheel. Like you said, it does have that limited <laughs> range. So it's not like you're going hand over hand, but you have such a small, such a small change in moving the yoke, moving the not real wheel, moving that other sort of rectangular shaped oddness makes very dramatic changes. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not, it worked well. It was easier to use than I thought, but I prefer an actual wheel. Okay. That's my thought. Why? 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 <laughs> Everyone who's building cars, they watch Knight Rider and they're like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, as soon as I'm in power, as soon as I'm in control, we're getting yokes. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so they, they, they showed this thing um, and uh, something like this is coming as a production model around the same time as the Infinity QE uh 2026 um so it's going to be interesting to have these luxury electric sedans from japanese brands coming in in just a few years time um trying to take on tesla and one of the interesting things about this one is they're they're saying you know they're they're using a whole different manufacturing process for this so they're going to follow the same route as as tesla with their uh 
they're big castings for the front and rear structures that mm-hmm. really simplify manufacturing. Um, but uh, it, it does cause some problems with repairability or, or absence of repairability because <laughs> steel stampings, you know, if, if you get, if you, if you get into, if you get into a crash, um, steel stampings will bend to absorb uh, some of that energy and, and you can straighten them back out again and get, fix the car and get it back on the road. Um, with these castings, it dramatically reduces the number of parts uh, to and simplifies assembly. But those things, they just, they fracture. Um, and essentially, you know, you get into a crash with one of those and uh, you basically scrap the car. Yeah, the car is done, which is No great. more car. Yeah. And um, Hertz just had their uh, uh, Q3 earnings call a few days ago. And their um, their profits were way down in part because they um, they said, you know, they Hertz has been rolling out a lot of Teslas and Polestars into their fleet uh, over the last uh, two years. And they, I think they've got something like thirty five thousand Model 3s uh, in their fleet now. They were planning on buying one hundred thousand Model 3s. Um, one one. <laughs> One of the reasons they said why why their numbers were bad is the um, um, the repair costs were much much higher uh, really? for their for the Teslas. Um, service and maintenance costs were higher, and also um, they also had much worse depreciation than they had anticipated because uh, Tesla's been slashing the prices on the Model Three because nobody's buying them, so they have much lower residual value than they anticipated. So. You know, hopefully that won't be happening with all of these EVs. You know, if, if car companies keep going down the same kind of assembly path, same kind of manufacturing path that Tesla is doing, hopefully they'll figure out ways to actually make these things repairable. That's going to be a big deal. If they're too expensive, that's it, there's yeah. got to be a balance there. If you're yeah. like, well, it's, you don't have to like it, maintain it's cheaper and, and driving is cheaper. Oh, someone hit you. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right? throw it yeah, away. No, it's not. <laughs> All the things you said they were going to make it cheaper that offset the cost of the, the, the sticker price are now gone because now your insurance is more expensive because, mm-hmm. you know. All states going to be like, nah, man. Yeah. <laughs> that is too much. No, no. Uh, all right. Last one from uh, from the Tokyo show is um, the Subaru Sport Mobility concept. Dun, dun. What do you think of this one? That is very blue in the front. What yes, is it is. There? Is that paint? Is um, that just, or is that lit up? No, it's paint. Oh, it's painted. So it's, oh, it's this is... weird mix of gray and a very bright blue. I like the shade of blue. The blue is cool, but it really contrasts mm-hmm. with the gray. Hmm. I don't know. Okay, I think I would need less giant blue, giant blue span of blue. I don't know what's Just happening. Get rid of there. the blue. Get, <laughs> get rid, rid of the blue. blue, and I could maybe buy into this. Yeah, get rid of the Even blue. Even the blue accents are really cool. It's just a very like. It looks like someone. You know what it looks like when you look at the paint. Like, you know, when something's in the middle of being painted and it's partly primed and you're like, oh, there's a swath of weird color. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's because it's primed. It's not really painted yet. No, that's how it's going to look. They need to change that up a little. That's a little odd. What did it, did it look better in person, Sam? No. <laughs> the, not the really. Blue. He pauses. Get, no. get rid of the blue. Just, just, or just do it all in blue. 
or do, or do the whole one, thing yeah. blue. Pick, do pick it one blue color. with that sort of black speckle. Like it looks like there's a black, there's gray, there's blue, and there's a black speckledy kind of trim. Make the whole thing blue and then give it the, the accent, the black speckly bit. Yeah. And then whatever so, the weird there's not there's not a lot of detail on this thing. You know, this is apparently a non-running concept. Um, you know, it's a coupe, which Subaru doesn't do a lot of. Supposedly, this thing, you know, is kind of inspired by the SVX. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the early 1990s um yeah and but you know it, it sits taller than that did um it's uh you know it, it kind of a combination of um you know rally special but coop it's a brz ma- and the wrx had a baby mm, and the baby was super into cyberpunk there you <laughs> go into cyberpunk that's and a good way of describing it yeah but there, yeah, there's no there's no details at all about the uh, any of the mechanical bits um, and no interior on this thing. It was just up again, just up on the stand there, just spinning around, looking interesting, looking interesting, <laughs> looking cool. Um, yeah, so, uh, the uh, the auto car story says uh, Subaru suggested the driver would have control of all four wheels at will, hinting at a quad motor EV. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, can, would you have like four joysticks? You know, you can adjust the the. the <laughs> I mean, I have fourth each have, wheel. If I'm driving a super, like I was driving that cross shake, didn't I have control over all four wheels when I was hitting the accelerator? <laughs> Wasn't that already happening? Isn't that already what yeah. someone what I'm doing? And then I, no, I, I, th- to... I think the implication here is that they would be independently controllable. Oh yeah, that's just that's just nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you really think, Robert. That's nonsense. Just, nonsense, just... people. I tell you, nonsense. No, the the the, the, not, the nonsense was the uh, the urban air mobility concept. You know, giant drone thing. That if you look at the 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 top photo, you can see it off in the, uh, um, the on in the left hand corner. There, it was hanging up above and behind the uh, the concept. You know, is, and it oh. looks it's a it's a single seater drone uh, thing. You know, quadcopter. Actually, I think it was like six blade, six rotor thing. Well, um, that's different. Yeah, mm. it was. Uh, yeah, mm. and again, no explanation. You know, Subaru has never really talked about you know doing anything like this before. Uh, it was just there, just chilling. So, yeah, just hanging, hanging, literally hanging, literally hanging there, quite yeah. literally. Um. And yeah, there was there was a whole bunch of other stuff at the at the Tokyo show as well. There was, uh, um, well, Subaru was, makes helicopters. There we go. That's what I was trying to remember. Do they? Yeah, they make helicopters. Oh, I did not know that. They build helicopters for somebody. Um, oh. yeah. Is that yeah? I mean, it's Subaru. They're like you know, what they have like the 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 stars or whatever. But yeah, the heavy. Yeah, they make helicopters. I think for Bell. Oh, okay. I didn't anyway, know it's, it's, a, it's a thing. I, I'm trying to talk to Subaru about this. That's why I'm like, why am I talking to Subaru if this is just some shenanigans? I'm like, oh, wait, wait, wait. They build helicopters. <laughs> um, huh. So, yeah, so that, those those were some of the highlights. They're, they all, you know, Toyota also had their uh, e-pickup uh, there on display, uh, which I think you guys talked about last week. Yeah, um, and it, it's a it's a good looking little truck, you know, Maverick sized. Mm-hmm. Um, and but it's all electric. Uh, and then there was um, Lexus also had uh, this um, fuel cell um, hydrogen fuel cell uh, side by side 
with uh, uh, tweels on it, you know, non-pneumatic wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Mitsubishi had a concept uh, called the DX, which was this wild uh, overlanding van thing, uh, which was pretty interesting. Um, oh, on, on the Mazda stand, uh, they had, uh, um, there was a, a Miata, a current ND Miata, and the graphics along the side said um self-empowerment driving vehicle Ooh, as, as opposed to self-driving vehicle so empowering yourself by driving this thing uh change it to make it so that people actually know when something is self-driving and just driver assist to self-empowerment the latest effort uh so yeah people I understand guess. what their vehicle actually doesn't do yet yeah. empowering you to drive it yeah um, there you go <laughs> Kawasaki was there. They had a couple of electrified Ninja bikes. There was a, the Ninja E1, which is a pure electric. Um, and then they also had the uh, um, the Ninja 7 hybrid, um, which is, uh, as, as the name implies, a hybrid bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so there was lots of uh, lots of interesting stuff there. It's, you know, if you're, if you're interested in going to an auto show, um, if you happen to be in Japan or feel like going to Japan, you know, the next time around, you know, 2019 or 2023, no, wait, it's 2023 now, 2025, because they do this every other year. Um, I would definitely recommend uh, the Japan Mobility Show because, you know, a lot more cool stuff than you'd find at, say, the Detroit Auto Show. Did it feel much bigger and more vibrant than that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Lots of people, um, lots of interesting stuff there. Um, you know, lots of concepts, a lot. A lot more uh, automakers there with with various and sundry um, ideas <laughs> of all sorts. Sundry, all sorts of fancy ideas. Oh, this is Japan. Yeah. Japan's great. Yeah, you get to drive a train everywhere. Oh yeah. Well, we you know they they gave us a, a pass to um, Nissan gives uh, passes for the train. You know they had shuttles Ooh. going over to the uh, uh, to the convention center to the Tokyo mm-hmm. big site um, and. Some people took the the bus over there, which took about forty five minutes, um, and then a bunch of us took the train, uh, which was like twelve minutes. Yeah, the train so. is the way to go for sure. When you're absolutely, and you know, it's funny because when I was there in October, I was uh, Tim Stevens just happened to be over there, so we were going to go get some some ramen together, and I was like, okay, I'm going to take the, the 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 subway on my own. And so I walk over to the subway and I'm looking at it. It's all in Japanese and I have Google Translate. And I'm trying to figure oh, out like, okay, where, where do I do it? Amazing. And I'm looking, I'm figuring it out. And how do I get to this station? And I'm there for like a couple minutes. And then I realize if I look to the right, everything that I'm looking at in Japanese is also available in English. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't um, always the case, though. Yeah, but for, for, for like some of the main stations, you're like, oh. Oh, all right. Well, well, there we go. And then they, they also do the, the, the announcements in English. Yeah, they did do that on the trains, which was handy. Um, The like getting from the airport, I I flew into uh, Narita uh, Airport, which is kind of on the outskirts of Tokyo. And um, I flew home from from Haneda, which is right like in the heart of Tokyo. Um, But Narita Airport to the hotel was 68 kilometers, which is about uh, 42 miles. It took an hour and a half by taxi to get from Narita to the hotel. And this was on a wow. Sunday night at like six thirty. Uh, it's like New York. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like sometimes, like we'll have events in New York, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to pick you up on a car," and I'm like, 
man, can I just take the train? Yeah. <laughs> the the subway's like to. 40 minutes. A car is an hour and a half. Yeah. The, yeah. And the, the one bad thing about New York, um, you know, like from here, I almost always fly into LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, take no, the bus. There's no train from LaGuardia, LaGuardia into Manhattan, yeah. which is yeah. a, a pain in the ass. Yeah, I flew into LaGuardia, then out of JFK. And it was JFK is just so much easier. Um, you just get on the train right there. Boom. All right. So we have um, one email, um, but let me see if I can find it here because I forgot to paste it into the. Uh uh-oh. Uh, Super like, secret question. Email? What are you talking about? I can't see anything. Why are you making her why are you making this <laughs> podcast a den of lies? Sam? I know, right? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm... I met a man and his child. And they told me, you know, he's been working the you know, politician stories, you know, the ones that are made up. <laughs> and uh, I said to Oh, here we go. William. Okay, go on. <laughs> All right. Um, so this one uh from uh Michael Gottlieb. Um, in episode 321, last week's show that the two of you, Uh-oh. Did, Nicole oh, no. and Robbie spent some time rating. Well, maybe not rant or spent some time ranting. Well, maybe not ranting, but talking about why do most EVs have to look so different rather than just being a car that happens oh, to we have an EV drivetrain. Ranting is fair. Ranting. Oh, yeah, it's probably my, ranting. My, my car, a BMW i4, I have the E35 version, is rarely mentioned on the podcast. Actually, we've mentioned it quite a few times because we I reviewed, love the i4. It's yeah, the we've, best. We've, we've reviewed several. You know, we've reviewed both the uh, E40 and the M50. I think it's so versions. good we forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> there it's you the go. best um, four series. There well, you let's go. Yeah, go with that. It absolutely is. Anyway, he's Michael says it's rarely mentioned on the podcast, but absolutely meets that definition. It is simply a BMW 4 Series that happens to have an electric motor instead of an ICE. So it looks good. substantially the same as the 4 Series, which in one respect is not necessarily a good thing because it still has the giant <laughs> kidneys. But uh, you just ignore you're driving, man. Yeah, no, I know. you don't have to see that. You don't have just to walk up to it, it from behind and you yeah, back it into your driveway from yeah. the back. Anyway, uh, and drives like a BMW, which it does. It absolutely does. On top of that, the pricing for it was not outrageous. So the E35 is the shorter range version of it. So it is actually fairly reasonably priced. I think it's like starts around fifty thousand, if I'm not, if I recall correctly. Yeah. My car, while the lowest trim level, is fully equipped with options galore, uh, yet still listed for less than sixty thousand. And with the BMW $7,500 lease incentive and some dealer discounts, the lease on that car was really reasonable. All in all, a great car that simply simply is an EV as well. I talk whenever someone's like, oh, I want to get an EV, but I, you know, I want, I want something that's kind of nan- I'm I4. Mm-hmm. It's just that it doesn't, you, you want a BMW, yeah. you want an EV, I4. BMW, for years, we were like, what are they doing? Because they had the i3, they had the i8, and they're like, oh, we're doing right. this modular, we're doing this modular manufacturing. And then there was just like this big, huge gap. And I was just like, what is going on? Are they ever going to do this thing that they've been talking about? They've and been talking finally. up, they've been talking up. And then the cars come out. And, then, you know, I remember going on a trip for the i4 and I got in the car and I'm like, I'm sure it'll be fine. And it was great. And I was surprised. And it was just a four series that happens to be an EV. No, you, you, you made it. You made the correct decision, sir. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Absolutely. King among men. <laughs> I king among men. <laughs> And it, it it hits the thing where it's just like oh well, here's a car that's an EV the end yeah all that's right great uh, we all we also had um, sorry about one, the rant one other email that actually came in the week before um, and uh, 
So this one was from uh, Barry Simpson. Uh, and uh, he says, I've been listening to your podcast for months and it's good. Can you talk about the elephant in the room on EV cars? We have no infrastructure that can handle it. Charging stations are not as plentiful as gas stations. And I'm aware they're increasing, but not in the Midwest of the U.S. Uh, and Barry lives in uh, Indiana. Um, also, the government is spending up to $7,500 a car as an incentive that costs money. Lastly, the EVs are not selling. Uh, Tesla, yes, but not normal cars. Uh, appreciate the good work. So, yeah, the infrastructure yeah. is a mess. Yeah, I think you said that we it's, all agree the infrastructure is an absolute yeah. disaster area, and very much depending on where you are too. Like in certain areas of the country, it's better than others. It's not great in the middle of the country. It's it's not great here in New England. It's fabulous comparatively out in California. By my no. house, it's great. Yeah, you, <laughs> whatever. Got new three fifty chargers like they're down the road. Yeah, and, but it's not great. It really isn't great. And the Electrify America experience is still miserable. Uh, no matter where you are. Yeah. But we uh, have the, uh, the, the, the new tax deal is that if you want money from uh, the government for your charging stuff, your stuff has to work. Yeah. So that's an incentivize them to make their stuff work. One would because hope. Because there, there, there really was the, only, I mean, Electrify America, you know, it's great that they're, hey, we, we did a bunch of stations. We put them all over the place. The first ones, yeah, we didn't do so great. We were just like, ham, you know, threw some parts together <laughs> and hope for the best. Um but you know, they they the Electrify America is because of Dieselgate. It was yeah, that's you know, the only reason it, was, it exists. Yeah. Yeah, that that's why Electrify America is a thing. Um now they have to sort of, you know, do something about it. And I think ChargePoint, I spoke with them recently. Um, you know, they're they're going like we're trying to get hundred percent uptime for our stuff. And that's that's the goal. And you know, that's really the goal. And, it, and ChargePoint's been introducing some new modular hardware make it easier to replace things like the, the cables, the charging cables on their chargers, yep. you know, so easier, easier to service. Uh, so if something happens, you know, if a cable gets damaged, um, you know, they can go in and quickly swap that out. Uh, so yeah. And, and there's other companies too, that are starting to make some, some inroads, uh, you know, that are specifically designing their chargers to be more, more reliable, more robust, um, lower cost, uh, reducing the cost. Yeah. DC charging infrastructure in particular is really expensive, uh, if yeah. for DC fast charging, the the chargers are expensive. Um, and you know, the, the site preparation and everything, you know, doing a, building a DC fast charging station can cost, you know, is basically, you know, for 150 kilowatt station, you're looking minimum of 80 to a hundred thousand dollars per charger and maximum, you know, several hundred thousand, depending on, you know, where you want to put it. And if it needs a substation upgrade, you know, then, then that costs money for the utilities. One of the things we're starting to see though, is more and more um, companies putting uh, on-site battery storage for their chargers uh for for their dc chargers so that you know it it doesn't they can get by without substation upgrades you can charge that battery continuously at a lower rate you know so it doesn't draw as much power from the grid so there's not as much strain on the grid uh and then you can fast charge from the battery to the vehicles um you know so we're we're gonna have uh, we're getting more and more infrastructure all the time um and it it will take a little it's, while but it's getting it's there. getting there you know it's slowly it's, but surely and the problem slowly is slowly. Surely. it's just yeah. frustrating if you're ready to jump all in 
that can be a good reason not to just yet, especially if you're not living in the right spot, you know? You don't live at Robbie's yeah. house. Um, and then you know, home charging is home charging. If you if you can, it's awesome. If you can't, and if you're not in a place, if you're not in my house again, yeah. um, it can be it can be difficult to talk, you know, you or anyone into doing this. Um, well, the, yeah. the other thing we need to do is put in more um, AC charging, you know, level two charging it so that, because, you know, a lot, a lot of a lot of people live in homes where, you know, they either rent and they can't put in their own charger mm-hmm. um, or, you know, they may not have a driveway. You know, in a lot of cities, you know, you have people that live in single family homes, but they have to park on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we need to put in things like curbside charging, you know, so people can charge overnight. You know, and, and there's solutions for that in Europe. You know, they've done a lot with. Uh, installing chargers that they power off of uh, light poles, utility poles, uh, because especially as they convert, um, you know, streetlights to LEDs, they take a lot less power, but they've, they've got the power capacity for, you know, more, more uh, powerful, you know, traditional lights, uh, but they're using a lot less power now with the LED lights. So they have excess power available so they can use those to power chargers. Um, and the city can make some money. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Which they weren't making from, weren't making before, and it doesn't need to be, you know, especially if you're parking there overnight. It doesn't need to be, you know, eighty kilowatts. It, right. it could be eleven. It could yeah. be seven. It could be, you know, it doesn't need to be a lot. And that's in the, you know, you get up in the morning. Hey, your car's charged. You're ready to go. You know, it's 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 sort of the same as you know living at a house with it. And you know, when I whenever I'm walk out, I'll just walk around like a European city, and you'll walk to residential areas, and they'll just be those charging stations, like yeah, in the, the in a block of uh, like like apartment buildings. And I'm like, well, can't we just? But you know, so yeah, but no, that's it, it's going to get the better. charging. It'll get better. Um, Part of my job over at SAE again is to 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 make sure, like you know, help making sure that these charging stations are up by having these companies hire people to fix them. That's something that you don't see, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so you know, I'm talking to Electrify or uh, ChargePoint. I'm talking to Charger Help, a company out of LA that just trains people on how to fix charging stations. And charge, you know, ChargePoint is going to be training electricians to fix and install charging stations. So everyone's working on like making this system better. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, next five years or so, it'll, you'll just, it won't be the system that we have now. It'll be like when you go to the gas station and you're just like, ah, oh, I just put every once in a while, like one pump is out. <laughs> it has that little bag over the, and no one handle. cares. Cause there's 10 yeah. other pumps. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. You, you yeah. know, you're going to, you're going to go to the mall and there's going to be a bunch of charging stations and just plug in and it's not going to, it doesn't have to be DC fast charging. It could be a nice AC charging, but you like, you know, while you're doing things, you just plug in and go on yeah. your day and you get a little, you know, incremental charging throughout the day. And at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I, it's like I didn't even use my gas because I didn't have to go to a gas station. Right. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a lot of places are, you know, they have programs for training technicians to diagnose and service chargers and do the installations. You know, there's going to be lots of interesting job opportunities there. Um, you know, here in so Michigan, they've, they've got a they've got a program you know, for training the technicians that will be doing these charger installations and doing the service and maintenance on these chargers. Um, and you know what? Those are the kind of jobs they're never, ever going to get replaced by an oh, AI. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, these. They, they, so we're doing a career board over at SAE that launches on Wednesday. It's like a soft launch. Like they'll make a big deal about it a few weeks later because it's a website and websites are notoriously websitey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's just a ton of jobs that are going to be out there for if if you're an electrician, if you want to be an electrician, you know, and if you just want to get trained in those things. Yeah, if you have, if you're like, well, what do I want to do? These, yeah, check check. Yeah, go to SAE org. I think it's careers right now. I'll, I'll have more information next week. Sounds good. All right. Um, I think that's it for this week. Um, don't forget, you can get Wheel Bearings merch now. We got t-shirts. I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing the uh, the mulch hauling convertible uh, t-shirt at this moment. Um, and uh, you can get those at um, shop.wheelbearings.media. Uh, or just go to cottonbureau.com and look for uh, um, Wheel Bearings Podcast, and you'll find uh, several different T-shirt designs. And you know, if you're if you're an artist um, and uh, you feel like uh, creating a, a design, a fun design for Wheel Bearings, you know, shoot it over to us. And you know, if we uh, if we like it and decide to uh, put it up there, we'll make sure that you get a healthy discount on that, uh, or maybe even get you a free one. Um, and uh, so. And and if you're a patron, um, you can also get uh, a discount on your uh, wheel bearings merch. If you haven't received the message from me uh, through Patreon, uh, just shoot us a note, and I will make sure that you get that discount code. So uh, that's it for this week, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.